0: Global markets continue to play their inflation games. Hodlonaut's quest for justice continues in a Norwegian courtroom. And Giga Chad Michael Saylor doubles down and prepares to buy the dip. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. You know, the thing about doing a weekly podcast is that I spend... All week, pretty much from the minute I finish the podcast up until I'm ready to start recording, taking notes about what it is that I want to talk about on the next show. But without fail, that list just goes straight out the window. And as usual, it seems that the big news right now continues to be the price. I guess that's a lifelong uh, saying, as They as the saying goes. the The news is the price and the price is the news. And that certainly is the case this week. Although, as I mentioned in the lead-in, there are several things that I do want to discuss besides price this week, and not the least of which is the CSW Hodlnot trial, and uh, and some other interesting news out there if we get the time. But before we get into all that, let's take a quick look at the vital statistics. Today is Wednesday, September 14th, 2022, and that means it is DCA Wednesday, And we currently find ourselves, at the time of this recording, at a block height of 754081 And Bitcoin is ringing in at $20,245 US dollars per Bitcoin. To some of you, uh, if you've been following prices, that may seem like that's been a dramatic crash. But if you've been following us on Wednesdays and doing your your DCA stack on Wednesdays, that's actually up about $1,000 from where we were last Wednesday, so... Once again, that proves that perspectives are completely relative. Nonetheless, $1 will currently score you 4,939 sats, 49.39 Moscow time. And if you value your wealth in shiny metal rocks, it will cost you 11.9 ounces of gold to buy just one Bitcoin. That's actually as expensive as we've seen Bitcoin in gold terms in over a month. Uh, it's We have to go all the way back to July before... Uh, Before, uh, Bitcoin was more expensive than that. It was 11.2 ounces of gold to buy one Bitcoin last Wednesday, for example. One Bitcoin will currently buy you 1,213 Papa John's pizzas. And if you value your wealth in oil, it will cost you 212.79 barrels of oil to buy just one Bitcoin at a price of Four hundred sixty-nine thousand eight hundred and ninety-six sats per barrel. Bitcoin's market capitalization is up markedly since last week, uh, about a little over twenty billion. That is currently ringing in at three hundred eighty-seven point seven billion dollars. Um, that's obviously nowhere near that one trillion market cap that we had seen during the uh, double top of the last uh, part of this bull run or the, the last bull run. But still, you know, $20 billion more than just last Wednesday. The mempool has been on again, off again. Uh, when I was looking at the mempool yesterday, there was quite a bit more on-chain activity than there is currently. Right now, there are a little over one blocks worth of transactions pending in the mempool. Uh, and as a result, it's suggesting that the fee estimator is saying that it will take a fee of 13 SATs per byte to guarantee that your transaction on-chain is included in the next block, although I think uh, that's dubious because um, I've seen that mempool clear out a couple of times while I've been doing prep for today's show, and so I think one sat per byte transaction should clear, if not the next block, relatively quickly, certainly within a day. That's the uh, transaction volume that I referenced just a second ago, that metric you know I like to follow, the on chain 24 hour transaction rate is up a little bit from last week. It's currently zooming along at 3.11 transactions per second, which is above the three transactions per second I like to see. But right before Bitcoin had its big price drop yesterday, it was above three and a quarter transactions per second. So, um, again, my observation on that metric uh, holds true that when it was 3.25 transactions per second, Bitcoin was climbing and then it dropped down below 3 transactions per second when the price of bitcoin corrected yesterday afternoon. Since we spoke last, the bitcoin mining difficulty was increased by 3.4%. That's a fairly substantial increase as you know bitcoin adjusts its mining difficulty every 2016 blocks, which is theoretically every 2 weeks, but it's uh basically it's 2016 blocks however long that takes regardless. Of uh, whether that's faster or slower than two weeks. Uh, You know, sometimes it comes in, well, when when hash rate is continuously increasing, it often comes in faster than two weeks. We're currently 1,919 blocks until the next mining difficulty adjustment. So this epoch has just barely gotten underway. That's still over 13 days from now. It's estimated to occur on the 27th of September. And estimations are all over the place, as you would imagine, since it's only been a couple of blocks since the difficulty was adjusted. So they're really not worth paying attention to, but I'm going to read them anyway. And where I get my data is looking at anywhere from a decrease of 1.24% all the way up to a decrease of 19.7%. And that's because the few blocks that have come in uh, in this epic are averaging 12 minutes and 25 seconds and that is substantially longer than that 10-minute goal. Ergo, uh, they're forecasting a difficulty decrease. Of course, it's way too early to determine whether we're even going to have a decrease. And if we do, what the size of that decrease will be. Uh, maybe by next Wednesday's episode, we'll have a little bit better idea. Uh, but if you're into mining, um, you, you, you know that's an important statistic for you because it determines how profitable your mining is going to be. All right, back to the news, the things that I wanted to talk about. Well, not the things I wanted to talk about. Um, Back to that price issue. The stock market absolutely tanked yesterday after the Consumer Price Index came in at a whopping 8.3%, which was much higher than the anticipated 8% or so that all the Wall Street strategists and economists had been widely expecting. As a result, the Dow plunged 1,276 points, or 3.9%. The S&P fell 4.3%. And the NASDAQ, where most of the tech stocks are, tanked 5.2%. Uh, this, of course, comes as the Fed is set to release its decision on interest rates next week. Until the CPI news, the general consensus was that we were looking at a 75 basis point rate increase. That's 0.75% uh, increase in interest rates. Uh, and that was, I, I forget what the Vegas betting odds were, but it was somewhere around 80% likelihood odds that we were going to see a 75 BIPs rate increase although there were some that were hoping for you know a a slight not a decrease but a decrease in the rate of increase with only a 50 you know 50 basis point rate increase in the realm of possibility now however with that hot cpi number coming in a 75 basis point increase is pretty much expected with some people even fearful of a full one percent rate increase on the table uh, of course, as you know, if you're a if you're an Austrian economist, or if you uh, have been in the Bitcoin scenario long enough, in the Bitcoin realm long enough, you know that basically that they're just playing games over at the Fed. That the real cause of this inflation that we're dealing with has been the rampant money printing, not just QE dating all the way back to two days two thousand eight, but um, the tremendous amount of money that was printed after the quote-unquote pandemic, and even the, the Green New Deal, which was laughably entitled the, the Inflation Reduction Act. In fact, uh, every time you read the news, there's another huge spending proposal. The last one I saw says that Biden is getting ready to unveil a nine hundred a $900 billion uh, plan um, infrastructure plan. Uh, I, f- I forget what the details were, but the, the point of it is they're throwing around numbers that are almost... Trillions, just on a daily basis, and that is why we're dealing with uh, with inflation. Of course, the way that the Fed hopes to get inflation under control is by crashing the economy. The you know the the theory being the the supply and demand, one half of supply and demand being demand, and if they put thousands or millions of people out of work, well, then they won't have any money, so they can't spend any money, and therefore inflation will will slow down. Uh, and that certainly is the case crash the economy into a recession or depression and you'll probably hopefully get inflation under control while ignoring the initial and the fundamental cause of inflation in the first place and scapegoating uh, interest rates for example anyway as I mentioned in the uh, as I mentioned earlier if you've been focusing on the price uh, and trying to trade you certainly have one worldview because just yesterday Bitcoin was Several thousand dollars a coin more than it is right now. But if you've been following us on Wednesdays and making your stack every Wednesday, uh, Bitcoin's actually more expensive today than it was just last Wednesday. So, you know, that's one lesson that we've learned just in this year, a little over a year that we've been doing our DCA Wednesday episodes. Uh, and um, in addition to the price being basically a couple hundred dollars more than it was last Wednesday, it's still right in the middle of that twenty to twenty two thousand dollar price range that we've been in for months literally since since like basically just after June. All of this of course is a reminder that we are still early. As I mentioned in our previous episode, you know, when I mentioned the guy that was on Reddit asking if 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 it was too late and if only $20 a month was even worth his time. Guys, Bitcoin's only twenty thousand dollars a coin right now not only is that nothing compared to where it's going to be after the next 2020 after the 2024 having cycle and the having cycle after that you know um, all it has to do is go back to its previous all-time high and it's going to be three times more valuable than it is right now even if you don't think you're early early just moderately early you know if you're if you're a follower of the of adam meister's 210,000 block theory which basically says that at any point in time, Bitcoin is more expensive than it was four years ago. So four years from now, Bitcoin will be worth more than it is now. Four years from basically when we set our new all-time high, Bitcoin will be worth more than what our previous all-time high was. Um, We're still early. And Bitcoin Lebowski summed this up great earlier today on Twitter. If you're not following Bitcoin Lebowski on Twitter, you need to. He's got nine or 10,000 followers, so chances are you are following him, but if you're not, he's at Dude J. Lebowski on Twitter, and he tweeted this morning, or late last night, his time, depending on how you look at it, Can you imagine the release of pent-up demand once central banks finish playing their Keynesian games? The next bull market could be unlike anything we've seen before. You know, and they always say this time is different, uh, and... To some extent, they're right. This time is always different, but at the same time, we have seen that history does, in fact, rhyme. Even though we're nobody could have anticipated the virus, and nobody, um, well, you could say nobody could have anticipated the economy tanking the way it has afterwards. But of course, if you had anticipated um, the virus and the government's no-brainer, what the government's response was going to be, I guess you could have anticipated the. Anticipated the results, but that being said, uh, Bitcoin still has been following its traditional four-year cycle. Whether it's doing it slightly differently or not, uh, Bitcoin has set a new all-time high shortly after every having, and it's done that four times now or three times now. Uh, we've had the twenty twelve having, twenty six having, twenty twenty having. So yeah, um, we're getting ready to have the twenty twenty four having less than two years from now. And the cycle repeats. And if the cycle repeats, you're early. That's all I'm trying to say there. And speaking of Twitter, Plan B is still defending his stock to flow model, tweeting on Monday, quote, People ask if stock to if stock to flow model is still valid. I think it is. We can go technical on autocorrelation and co integration, but key is, in my opinion, that Bitcoin price is not more/slash less off than in 2011, 2013, or 2017. In my opinion, stock to flow model is valid and I expect to bounce back above the stock to flow model value before the 2024 halving. So even not uh taking into account the cycles that that are uh, the the uh supply and demand cycles that are that are revolve around the the supply shock by cutting the um, the, the Reducing the amount of new Bitcoin mined and hence available for sale in half every four years. Plan B, still holding on to that stock-to-flow model, is predicting that we will bounce back above that stock-to-flow model line before the 2024 halving. Of course, only time will tell, right? And speaking of mining, for those of you who are mining at home, it is now official. Slush Pool is now Brain's Pool. We mentioned that last week. It seems kind of a shame for them to change the name. but Slush Pool was purchased by Brains, uh, you know, a while ago, and they, it's theirs to do what they wish, but um, if you are mining at home, don't worry, you don't have to do a thing. This was a change in name only, and all of your current settings will still work just fine, according to a statement from Brains Pool, quote, as you may already know, in July we announced that we will be saying goodbye to the Slush Pool name. Well, the time has come. As of September 14th, our Bitcoin mining pool is renamed Brains Pool as this is purely a renaming exercise, you do not need to take any action. The pool operations and the team behind the pool remains the same and mining is not affected. So I'm going to say it again. If if nothing's changed, you know, why did they get rid of the name? It seems kind of like McDonald's saying, you know what, we're going to rename our restaurant to Brains or Coca-Cola saying we're going to rename Coca-Cola Brain Soda or, or whatever, you know, when you got to when you got a brand name, particularly since Slushpool was the very first mining pool, it seems like a silly move to to throw that brand recognition away. But I guess it really doesn't matter. As I said, everything remains the same, and I wouldn't, as a miner, make my determination on where I point my hash power solely based on the name of the pool. So um, I guess the end of the era has well, it's the end of one era and the beginning of a new era. So we will join brains in saying. Goodbye to the slush pool name. And speaking of mining, we are mere hours away from the alleged completion of the Ethereum merge. Along those lines, Coinbase, so of course stands to benefit tremendously uh, from as far as the amount of influence they will have over the Ethereum uh, system, Ethereum uh, protocol by uh, virtue of proof of stake and by virtue of the fact that a large percentage of ETH is held you know, in account name by in Coinbase, which means if you're staking on Coinbase, sure, you know you're going to earn interest on your ETH, but Coinbase gets to exercise all of the rights and privileges associated with staking that Bitcoin, and um, and that you know, if I actually cared about ETH and I and I didn't want to see ETH fail, uh, that would be very concerning. Of course, besides just giving them the power to control, you know, to basically control your vote as far as, you know, your ETH staking vote, uh, you also won't be able to sell or trade your ETH until unstaking is accommodated, which as of right now, if you lock your Ethereum up and in order to earn interest, if you stake your ETH, they haven't written the code necessary to unstake it. Once you stake your ETH, it's permanently staked until they come up with a way to unstake it, which... Their best estimate is that that will occur, quote, sometime in twenty twenty three. So again, this isn't an Ethereum show, but uh, them foo barring this up. If they screw this ETH merge up, uh, you know that will have such a huge impact on the quote unquote crypto sphere that it would definitely impact Bitcoin, and uh, and, it, and and who knows how long it would take for Bitcoin to be able to recover. From just the black eye that uh, that it would get, you know, even though it had nothing to do with Ethereum and even though it has nothing to do with their their POS merge, uh, if they screw this up, and well, if, we get, if they screw this up, we'll be able to buy more Bitcoin at a discount price. But for those of you that want to see retail come back and those of you want to see institutional trading pour into Bitcoin, if they f this up, it's going to be a lot longer before you see any of that. Except for MicroStrategy, of course. And one of the things I wanted to talk about from last week was that MicroStrategy revealed in a filing on Friday that they plan to sell up to $500 million in stock for the purpose of purchasing more Bitcoin. The chatter around this has been mostly positive. I have seen a few people arguing out there that this will dilute shareholder value. The counter to that argument being that, you know, they're spending this revenue on purchasing Bitcoin so you know, while there would be more stock existing and therefore your one share would be a slightly smaller percentage of the ownership of MicroStrategy from a shareholder value standpoint, um, even if Bitcoin just stayed the same in price, it would be a, it would be net neutral. And if you're a believer in Bitcoin, as you should be, uh, if you believe that Bitcoin's going to increase in value, any increase in value will be a corresponding increase in shareholder value in the long term. So, um, I'm certainly not worried about diluting, diluting the shares. And it is really cool to see that, uh, that that MicroStrategy is doubling down. Because if you remember a month or so ago when, when Michael Saylor stepped down as CEO of MicroStrategy, there was a lot of speculation that this was possibly the beginning of the end of MicroStrategy's Bitcoin strategy. And of course, he immediately said that was not the case, that this move was actually going to allow him to focus even more on Bitcoin. And it appears, at least, that that is definitely the case, because they're gearing up to buy $500 million more Bitcoin, and that is definitely putting your money where your mouth is. As I alluded to in the opening, the HODLNOT CSW trial continues. There has been no major news to report thus far, with the minor exception that Coindesk is reporting that CSW's attorneys say he will not be signing a message which would be an easy and obviously obvious way to conclusively prove that he is Satoshi, saying, quote, His scholarly work, personal history, and above all, his success at scamming, I mean, convincing Gavin Andreessen that he held Satoshi's private keys are proof enough. So that clown show continues in a court in Oslo, Norway. And again, other than the fact that uh, CSW is just a black eye morally on the Bitcoin family, uh, it really it's it's really moot. Who knows what his ultimate end game is? Uh, probably just to stay out of prison in Australia. If you recall, you know they're investigating him for tax fraud in Australia, allegedly, and it's probably only a matter of time before those chickens come to roost. And every time he claims to be Satoshi, and every time he claims to have millions and millions of dollars in Bitcoin that he mined, I, I, I'm not an attorney, and I'm definitely not a tax attorney. But if you're out there bragging about that you have billions of dollars that you haven't paid taxes on, uh, those chickens are going to come home to roost, Craig. Good luck with that, huh? All right. I don't remember who I heard this from first, uh, but last week I heard somebody on one of the podcasts I listened to point out that there had been a huge drop in the number and dollar value of U.S. municipal bonds as many of you either know or don't know cities and states and school districts and fire districts and basically local governments smaller than the federal government issue bonds they sell bonds as basically a promise to pay you back with interest and then they use that money to fund things according to a report in reuters u.s state city school districts and other borrowers in the 3.8 trillion dollar municipal bond market are selling less debt this year with issuance dropping 13.1% to $210 billion through July 31st, versus the same period last time. And yet another report states that August municipal bond issuance declined 23% year over year. Why is this a big deal? Well, it's a big deal for several reasons. First of all, according to the Tax Policy Center, state and local governments issue bonds to pay for large, expensive, and long-lived capital projects such as roads, bridges, airports, schools, hospitals, water treatment facilities, power plants, courthouses, and other public buildings. Or as the city of Austin put it on their website under their facts page, bonds give cities a tool to raise funds for capital improvement projects that are otherwise not funded by the city. So if cities are not able to sell or able or willing to sell bonds, there are capital improvement projects that are not going to be done. Roads that are continued to crumble water treatment facilities that won't be built or repaired. You know, if you're in Michigan or Mississippi, you may live in a place where you already can't drink the water coming out of your faucet. And if your city can't issue bonds to keep those water treatment facilities going, uh, that is a problem that may find itself getting more and more prevalent. More and more people subject to that. Uh, and the reason, of course, that cities can't sell bonds is because when they sell bonds, they are it's basically they're selling IOUs. You're giving them money and they're promising to pay you back in a future date plus interest. But with interest rates soaring, it gets more and more expensive for the cities to do that. They don't necessarily want to issue a bond that they have to pay huge interest payments on, as opposed to when interest rates were low and the money was practically free as far as the cities and states were concerned. Speaking of carnage in the "quote unquote" traditional asset markets, gold took an absolute hammering yesterday, dropping briefly below the seventeen hundred dollar an ounce mark. So much for the uncorrelated store of value, a Shiffy? So much for the hedge against inflation, a shifty, because that uh, drop coincided exactly with the announcement of the CPI numbers. I'd say that uh, that store of value and hedge against inflation narrative is officially deceased as far as gold is concerned. Along those lines, gold is down 2.98% in the last 30 days and down 11.63% in the last six months. Now, I don't hold any ill will to gold bugs. I am a fan of gold. If I were not investing in Bitcoin, it would be my go-to, my second best choice. But you just don't need gold anymore. Bitcoin is everything gold is or was supposed to be and so much more. It's easier, it's faster, it's more divisible. You don't have to hire armored cars to drive it around just to buy something with it. Um, It's just so funny that so many gold bugs are, it's almost like they're just clinging and that they refuse to see or accept Bitcoin out of just sheer stubbornness or whatever people like Peter Schiff's reason is. Of course, you know, He owns a gold sales company, so obviously it's in his best interest to be a Bitcoin hater, his financial interest. So, you know, take that for what it is. All right. So all is not lost. As far as I'm concerned, there really isn't any bad news this week. Uh, You know, the economy going to hell in a handbasket might be bad for the country, but it's certainly not bad for you as an investor. You know, they say the best time to buy is when there's panic and blood in the streets. So whether you're investing in Bitcoin or the shit coin of your choice, the best time to buy is when it's low. And Bitcoin is still low. It isn't a not, it isn't a record low. Like I said, we're almost well, we're almost a thousand dollars more expensive than we purchased last week. Um but it's nowhere near the sixty-five thousand that I think was our highest purchase or the most expensive we purchased during this during this uh dollar cost averaging series of podcasts we've been doing. And along those lines, let's get right into it. What is DCA? You might ask if you're not familiar, DCA is short for dollar cost averaging and dollar cost averaging is an investment strategy where you invest your money in equal portions at regular intervals, regardless of price. For example, this will be our 60th stack. We started stacking just $20 every Wednesday back in July of 2021. And that's so far, we've stacked 59 times, and the reason we chose $20 was twofold. I wanted to show that, first of all, that it's not too late, that even for those people out there that say, I only have $100, or only have $50, or yes, I only have $20, that even investing just $20 a month over time will add up. And in just a little over a year, at just $20 a stack, we've stacked 3.2 million Satoshis, and I don't think that, um, you know, when we do hit hyper-Bitcoinization, whatever Bitcoin ultimately uh, goes to, as far as the moon is concerned, you know, let's say Bitcoin Bitcoin hits a million dollars one day, Bitcoin hits ten million dollars one day, whatever the case may be, if Bitcoin hits a hundred billion dollars, every single Satoshi will be worth one dollar. And uh, I mean, that's that's who knows. If and when that would ever occur, but you know, if we do hit 100 billion dollar Bitcoin one day, that 3.2 million Sats is 3.2 million dollars worth of Bitcoin. Wishful thinking, pie in the sky, who knows? But if you'd told the average person that Bitcoin would be worth 20 thousand dollars a coin ten years ago, uh, there's very few people that would not have laughed at you. All right, so before I let the change the price of Bitcoin change a whole lot more, we're going to get our stack on, and as usual. We're gonna stack using the handy-dandy Cash App. Uh, Cash App may or may not be available where you're at. Use, do your own research as they say, and use the app or the exchange of your choice. But I find Cash App is the easiest way to stack Bitcoin, especially in small amounts like $20. It's not necessarily the cheapest way to stack Bitcoin. So if you're gonna make larger purchases, you might want to find a exchange that charges lower fees. But for us, we're gonna stack using Cash App. And if you don't have Cash App and you wanna use Cash App, there is a referral code in the show notes. Clicking on that will get you $5 free for signing up and using Cash App, and we'll get five bucks free too. Cash App is not a sponsor of the show. Anybody that uses Cash App has a referral code for referring friends and family members. If you sign up for Cash App, you'll get one as well. But by using our referral link, uh, you're basically tipping us five bucks, and not only is it costing you nothing, you're getting paid to tip us five bucks. So we both benefit. So if you do want to use Cash App, please consider clicking on that link. All right. So one of the other reasons I like Cash App is I usually don't keep any money on my Cash App, but they make it super easy because I have a debit card linked to Cash App so I can add $20 and it is immediately available to do whatever I want with. And so I go over to Bitcoin, click buy, click $20, click confirm, And boom, just like that, we purchased another 96,839 sats. Not quite as many as the 101,581 sats we scored last week, but pretty darn good nonetheless. And perhaps most importantly, that is going to lower our average cost basis again. That has lowered our average cost basis by another $446.89 to $35,712.21. That's knocked almost $1,000 off our average cost basis in just the first two weeks of September, which is pretty cool. And that's one of the neat things about dollar cost averaging is we've bought the highs and now we're buying the lows. And the longer the price of Bitcoin stays lower, the obviously the more Bitcoin we're going to stack per dollar and the lower it's going to bring our average cost basis down. So we are currently in the red. Bitcoin has to go above $35,712 for us not to be in the red. But if you are into Bitcoin, uh, if you are a believer in Bitcoin, I don't think there's any doubt in any of our minds that it's not going to be substantially more than that. Um, And the longer it stays cheap, the better. Because, you know, after the the first new all-time high, when we hit $66,000, what, in April? And all the way until Bitcoin declined after that $69,000 peak last fall, uh, you know, I was looking at my stack and, and thinking, you know, what if? And and it's not one of those what ifs where people are like, man, if I had only known about Bitcoin 10 years ago, why, you know, I'd be loaded right now. I knew about Bitcoin, you know, not 10 years ago. Actually, actually, I did, but that's another story. Um, but just last year when Bitcoin was $3,000, you know, before it exploded after the halving all the way up to 60, $69,000 and... I didn't stack enough three thousand dollar Bitcoin. Um, obviously, looking back at it now, you know I didn't. I mean, you didn't. I didn't know it was going to go up. I guess I should have known it was going to explode to a new, a new all time high. I mean, I knew that it was going to be ex- explode to a new all time high, but uh, I don't know what I was thinking. But whatever it was, it didn't involve stacking enough Sats. My point being, four years from now. We're going to be in another bear market probably if history repeats. Bitcoin will have set a new all-time high and it will have crashed by 60 or 70% or whatever it does again. And God only knows what that will be. But let's just say it's $120,000 just for giggles, right? It will be sitting at $120,000 thinking, I can't believe I didn't stack more $20,000 Bitcoin. I mean, what was I thinking? I mean, I knew it was going to do this and I just didn't stack hard enough. Guys, don't let that be you. Um, because um you don't have an excuse you don't you can't say if I only knew about Bitcoin because you're listening to this podcast, you know you've fallen down the rabbit hole or at least you're falling down the rabbit hole you won't have an excuse at least not one that you will accept, not one that you could tell yourself, and you will be kicking yourself and regretting every sat you don't stack and will Bitcoin go lower, maybe. You know, who knows what's going on in this world right now? Maybe the stock market will crash another 50% and maybe we'll end up in another Great Depression and maybe the price of Bitcoin will tank all the way down to $10,000. Who knows? But one thing I do know is that it will return and set a new all-time high. As Adam Meister, again, always says, Bitcoin always returns to its all-time high. It's only a matter of time before it sets a new all-time high and when it does, whether you bought it 20000 or 10000 really won't matter all that will matter is how many sacks how many sats you stacked Um, and to that extent uh, we have increased our stack to well we were at 3.1 million we've got three million three hundred thirty six thousand one hundred and ninety five Sats. and even if bitcoin doesn't go to dollar sat parity even if bitcoin just hits a million dollars let's say a million dollars is the moon that's $33,601.95 worth of Bitcoin. But more importantly, it's $3.3 million worth of sats that we stacked in the $20,000 range as opposed to the million dollar range. All right. If you have been enjoying the show and you want to follow us and hear more of what we have to do and say, uh, one of the ways you can do so is by following us on Twitter. In fact, if you're on Twitter, please follow us on Twitter. We are at BTC Bulletin Pod. That's at btc bulletin on pod or btc bulletin pod on twitter and we uh we don't have a whole lot of followers on twitter right now and i would like to increase that number um, because the more followers we get the more people are going to see what we have to say and the more people that we that see what we have to say the more people are going to be orange pilled and that's better for all of us also if you would like to contact us and let us know what you think or what you like about the show what you don't like about the show you can dm me on twitter uh, I don't get into my DMs a whole lot because there's a lot of spam, even though I don't have a ton of followers on that Twitter account. Uh, I do get a ton of spam um, every time I post. You know, this Even as small a channel as we are, there's bots that automatically respond to everything we post. And it's the same way with the DMs. So the best way uh, to get a hold of me and let me know what you think is by email. And my email is bitcoinbulletin at protonmail.com. So, again, we're at BTC Bulletin Pod on Twitter, and our email is bitcoinbulletin at protonmail.com. And besides liking us on Twitter, I have one more favor to ask for you, and that is this podcast needs ratings. Uh, it doesn't have bad ratings, it just doesn't have rating ratings. Apparently, most of the podcast servers, regardless of where you're listening, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or even Amazon Prime Music, uh, they require a, a certain number of you. Like and rate, like and or rate a show before they will display a show rating. And you know that everything out there is driven by an algorithm, so please help us out as far as fighting that algorithm goes, and please wherever you're listening to, uh, give us a rating. obviously, a five star rating would be awesome, thank you., uh, but any rating helps um, because the more ratings we have, uh, the more likely we are to get featured, and the more we are likely to get featured, the more people are gonna listen to what we have to say. And the orange pilling cycle continues. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Hopefully, your stack is bigger than it was last week. And hopefully, it will continue to grow. Uh, Don't forget to buy the dip. Just because you're DCAing with us on Wednesdays or whatever your own schedule is, doesn't doesn't mean that when Bitcoin does sink, um, does go down, does tank like it did yesterday, that you can't snap up some extra sats. In fact, one of the cool things about Cash App is they let you set custom orders. And I had a custom order set for 19600 and it triggered while I was at dinner last night. So uh, I stacked some extra sats on the side. We are not including those sats, as you know, in our DCA stash because that would taint our data. So for the purposes of this podcast, the only sats we're, we're counting are the sats we stack as part of our DCA Wednesday purchases. And along those lines, we're going to continue DCAing every Wednesday till Bitcoin either hits the moon and we're all filthy, stinking rich it crashes and goes to zero, or you just get bored and stop listening. But until then, keep on stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers.